TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Yeah, welcome everybody. Two guys and a mic back at you like a bad dream. We show up one hour each and every day. A recurring dream, but it's one of those dreams you just can't get rid of. It's two guys and a mic with you from 10 till 11 o'clock each and every day, including, how about that, today. One hour of sports talk and more. It's the coach flying solo today. So we got the co-pilot seat wide open for you folks, and uh, you can... Strap yourself in, if you will, in the co-pilot seat by dialing up at 888-463-6748. A little bit of a slow sports day yesterday, so we got some different things planned today. But baseball back in action, and uh, we mentioned it before, football creeping. Very, very slowly, but just sneaking. Creeping, almost like an army soldier. You know, the guy on the, uh, is not at hands and knees, but he's in a prone position. Barely up on the knees and hands, sneaking up into the hill. You got a picture that that's that's football right now. That's for, if I was a editorial cartoonist for a sports page, how about that? As I paint a picture, you've got right now the battlefield is baseball, and you got a little bit of uh, what do we got going on? We got a little bit of golf going on, a little bit of NASCAR going on. They're on the battlefield, but preseason football, sneaking up like a soldier, st- crawling on the hands and knees, very quietly sneaking away. Seven days. Seven days did they tee it up in Bourbon A. We're going to have a couple of guys out there, not from our show directly, but from the TalkZone.com. Robin Earl, ex-Chicago Bear. He'll be the first to tell you, by the way, that he was a superstar for the Chicago Bears. Big fan of Robin Earl. Outstanding, outstanding player. Back in my high school telecast, I used to keep saying he was from USC, from the University of Washington. But he'll be out there for a few, and so will, um, who the hell else is out there? David Spada. David Spada. Outstanding, outstanding individual. Who's David Spader? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love David Spader. What show was he with? He's not with the beauty show, is he? No, he's Robin's co-host. Ah. He, he's the legal part of. Oh, Bill that's the legal. De- oh, big fan of Dave. Okay, he's a, he's a big sports fan. He'll talk your ear off. David Spader knows his sports. I may have to get him to co-host this show. Big Dog could be if David Spader wants to work an extra hour. Big Dog might be out of a gig. Actually, the big dog does pretty good. I'd say if David Spader wants to work another hour, I'm probably out of get. He might do better than this than me. All right, but we'll have a couple of people out there. Seven days till Bourbon A.U. in the heat. The heat of injustice. Practicing in that heat. And I know the coaches now do it earlier and earlier. By the way, I'm going to take a shot at the high school coaches for just a minute. Uh, my son entering high school now, and he is not uh, going out for football, so he's not been one of these maniacs. Waking up for four consecutive weeks in the summer. I think they gave him a week off. That's what about what it is. A week. A week off. So for four or five weeks, these high school kids, age 14, 15, 16, 17, or the type A parents that held their kids back a year so they have a better chance of being a high school star, you know, might be 18, 19. Okay? And they're waking up at 6 in the morning for practices. Six o'clock in the morning. Now you could say, all right, you gotta get your rest, you gotta get your sleep. You know high school kids in the summer. 
are not going to bed at 10 o'clock, sir. 10.30? Eh. 11 o'clock? Eh. 11.30 if you're lucky. Probably more like 12, 12.30, 1 o'clock. And even when they're in, in their bed, they're probably texting and all that stuff and probably not asleep till 1, 2 o'clock. These kids are waking up at 6 o'clock. Now, the high school football coaches, this is where I'm going to take a shot at. And if we have any people that want to uh, defend the high school coaches out there, you can be the uh, attorney for the opposition, or God forbid you actually want to support my case, feel free to do so. 888-463-6748. Not just football, but other sports as well. Making these kids wake up at 6, 30 in the morning. Swimming coaches. Swimming coaches are amongst the worst, and that happens during the school year. Now, here's where I take a shot at them. It's all under the guise, and I'm going a little strong here, but I'll present my case uh, even probably a little stronger than I believe it. All under the guise of, well, it's best for the kids. We are teaching dedication. We're teaching determination. The work ethic. We're getting these kids up early in the morning. They got to want it. They got to deal with the price you have to pay to succeed. Discipline. Fighting yourself out of bed at 6 o'clock in the morning. Crap, oh, I watched my kid get out to go to the weight room today uh, for basketball. And again, he's just doing it on a sporadic basis. 6 o'clock, it's ridiculous. You don't make high school kids wake up at 6, 630. <coughs> Pardon the cough. And here's where I fire on the coaches a little bit. I think it's a little bit of a guise that they say it's for discipline. It's for the good of the kids. We're working hard. We're teaching the work ethic. A little bit. A little bit, but I would argue it's mostly selfish. Those double practices and making the kids wake up early in the morning, getting in there for three hours in the morning, making them come back in a couple of... Primarily, selfish reasons. They want their program to succeed. They want to win as a coach in order to win, in order to keep up with the Joneses, the eight or nine other high schools that are doing the same thing, and it becomes a uh, you know keep up with the neighbor type deal. They make the kids do that. It's not for the benefit of the kid. If they have the best interest of the kid in mind, I say hogwash with the hard work and the dedication. You can have the kids wake up at 9, 10, 11 o'clock and get your hard work and your dedication and not make them wake up at 6, 6.30 in the morning. I know the argument that it's hotter during the day. Find a way. Find a way. Practice in shape. Do your conditioning drills later at night. Okay, But you cannot tell me uh, outside of an occasional interspersed once or twice in a while, or basketball coaches in the fall. If you're not out for a fall sport, if you want to make the team, and you don't have to, don't have to, but we're going to have workouts, uh, you know, two or three days a week, shooting and weight room workouts, six in the morning. Okay, now is that for the uh, the good of the kid? To wake up on school days at 6 or 6.30 after studying and staying awake? Five, six, seven hours sleep. You ever see these kids... Get up at that hour. I, mean, I drive the kids to school 8, 8.30 in the morning, about 7.30, 7.45, and I watch the kids walk into school as I drop my kid off. It's like the night of the living dead. It's like a bunch of zombies. And studies have shown the high school kids, if they get a half an hour, hour more, so if school started at 9 o'clock instead of 8 o'clock, performance would be a lot better. So a little bit of fire early on in the show. I didn't even plan on doing this. Not sure how we got there. But the high school coaches uh, who scheduled these double practices, making the kids wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, don't kid yourself. You're doing it so your team can win, not for the benefit of the kid. Thank you very much. And if elected, I promise to support all of our constituents as long as they um, pay money into my election campaign. 
It's the Illinois way, right? 888-463-6748. The phone number, I have no idea how we got on that tangent again. Phone lines are open. Coach flying solo today. Always a dangerous thing, folks. So uh, dial it up. You can uh, become the co-pilot today for at least a brief moment in time. 888-463-6748. You can always email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. M-I-C and the number two. mike 2 Guys, AOL.com. Cubs and Cardinals going to the ball game today, David Olson. Second game of the season for the Cubs, probably second and last. I went to opening day with a good listener, Smith Barney, Steve. But lucky enough today, through a connection, connect Chicago Paul setting us up with four tickets, Cub Cardinal. Not bad. Not bad, except for the fact it's going to be the hottest day in four years. That's not good. That is not good. Stay, not good. stay hydrated. Oh, goodness. Hottest day in four years? That's what they're saying. They're saying the heat index oh, could boy. reach 105 it won't in be some a, areas. Will it be a dry heat? <laughs> Feel free to say uh, no. 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 It might have, it oh, might have been if it wasn't for that rain that came through this morning. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah. All right. All right. Well, I got my little spritzer. See? Most valuable That'll piece help. of equipment I have. I'm going to ice down the little spray spritzer. That'll help. I, I tell you, last even yesterday, last night, like six o'clock. Yeah. I mean, we're fortunate enough to have a community pool two and a half blocks away from the yeah. house. So when it's nights when it's me and the boys, I throw them in the wagon and yep. we go to the pool till bedtime. Yep. And just walking over to the pool, I was like out of breath just because it was so hot. Yep, stifling. Yeah, it was. The like, humidity oh is my stifling. God, yep. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're fine when you're in the pool and everything, but, like, walking over there, was just it was like one of those heats where it was hard to breathe. Yeah, I felt the same thing yesterday. Uh, so, well, maybe instead of thanking Chicago Paul for setting me up with the tickets, I might want to send him a medical bill. And the sad thing is two of the kids going with us. We got a tournament game. We have to drive quickly from the Cubs game to go play tournament baseball. Oh, nice. So nice, there's a yeah. good chance those two kids will be pretty non-existent, huh? Yeah, well, safe, safe to say so. Well, on Just, the bright side about that is it might add to our uh, increase our chances of losing that game. And quite frankly, I've been coaching baseball for the last three and a half months. If we lose our opening tournament game, not the worst thing in the world. Have the weekend in front of us. <laughs> oh, goodness. Cub Cardinal, though, good stuff, folks. Great rivalry. And I would argue it's one of the things I thought about when putting this show together that when I say underrated, I think um, you know people know about the Cub Cardinal rivalry. I'm still going to argue that it's nationally. Underrated is one of the best rivalries in all of sports. And I'm going to throw out to our listeners today at the high school level, at the collegiate level, at the professional level, we all know about Celtics-Lakers. We all know about Red Sox-Yankees. Okay, But I want to know some, um, maybe some a uh, little bit lesser known, underrated rivalries that might be out there. Some that maybe you've experienced as a spe- spectator. Or maybe it's a college you went to that people are not aware of the intensity of the rivalry. So if you have a nomination for that, an underrated, and again, to call Cub Cardinal underrated is a little bit of a leap of faith. But I think nationally it doesn't get the due respect it should. It is a great, great rivalry. Looking forward to the game, despite the fact it's going to be the hottest day in four years. Heat index at about 105. We'll still be watching Cub Cardinal baseball. Great rivalry, and what I like about it is it's heated, but it's respectful. I don't think it has the hatred that Red Sox-Yankees has. I don't think there's that, 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 I don't know, hatred in the Lakers and Celtics, but there's a lot of animosity. Cub and Cardinal fans, I think there's a lot of respect between the two teams. I know I, as a Cub fan, I don't, I don't root necessarily against the St. Louis Cardinal. I appreciate what the St. Louis Cardinal baseball is all about. 
Good baseball. Fundamental baseball. Great fans. Great baseball fans in St. Louis. Lucky enough to go to, I think, what, one, maybe two in my life in St. Louis. My brother, a huge St. Louis Cardinal fan. So I get it firsthand, ad nauseum from him. But the St. Louis Cardinal, they, they, I just like the way they approach baseball. Even in my younger years, you know, 30, 40 years ago, following Cardinal baseball, Lou Brock, some of those guys. Back in those days, the great Cardinal teams, Tim McCarver, who bores us as an announcer now, heck of a catcher, back in the Bob Gibson day, St. Louis Cardinal baseball. It's the very essence of what baseball is all about. It's meat and potatoes. Yankees get a lot of the pub, but St. Louis Cardinals, even as a Cub fan who will root against them when they're playing my beloved Cub, I appreciate that. And I think there's a little bit of that in the rivalry. Even when the Cub fans go down, drive down to St. Louis, you know, there's still that Midwestern respect, a little good-natured, friendly rivalry, but um, ribbing of each other. But I think overall there's a deep respect for both teams. And uh, make no mistake about it, they want to beat each other. It is a rivalry. It's the very essence of what a rivalry is when you really want to beat the other team. But I think it's a good one. And I think it's very underrated. So you got some nominations for that that you've experienced. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. That'll be our daily quandary for the day. Triple eight four six three six seven four eight. I'll tell you one at the college level, very similar. And of course, we didn't mention Bear Packer. Would you put Bears Packers up in the range of Yankee Red Sox Lakers Celtics? Almost. It's longstanding. Surprisingly, here in the Midwest, yeah. But if you go like out on the East or West Coast, they really? don't. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's been going it's, on for it, a long it's, time. It, it's sad, but uh, yeah, yeah, they don't they don't. Uh, so are you are you implying that Midwest rivalries, in general, don't get their just rewards just because we are stuck here in the Midwest? Yep. Okay. Yep. I learned that you know working working at the national level. Okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, Bears Bears Packers uh, is not viewed nationally as big as it is here in the region. Okay. You know, that was, I mean, that was primarily, you know, it, 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 some of the luster came off because mm-hmm. you had so many years of bad Bears teams. That That's, did, yeah, that, and there that, were some, that, that there, there were some years of bear, uh, bad Packers teams too. True, true, but, um, yeah, I'd go so far as to say the last 15 years, mm-hmm. the Packers, uh, on average has been a much, much better team than the Bears have been. Just don't play them on Monday nights. Oh, do we lay eggs on Monday nights? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that doesn't help. Oh, on that national help. TV, that's been brutal. Of course, you go back to Hallis and Lombardi, where it pretty much started. Great rivalry, Bears and Packers. And I would argue the more I think about it, it's right up there with Yankee, Red Sox, with Celtics, Lakers, and some of the great ones out there. But uh, And then I think the rivalry even hit a higher peak, David, um, back when Forrest Gregg was coaching the Packers. Mike Ditka for the Bears and those two guys hated each other from playing against you. And you remember the Charles was it Charles Martin? Oh yeah, throwing yeah, yeah, down yeah, Jim yeah. McMahon. There were yeah. four or five years with a Bear Packle rivalry uh, really got to a heated level. But you're right, the last twenty years, the edge yep. is off. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, as soon as Favre came into the game, it was like, yeah. He just made it. He, he took their team to another level, and we kind of yeah. mired in mediocrity. What is with a few high points there? So. What's the sad statistic when Favre quarterback in the Packers? We've had like 19 quarterbacks during the time Favre has been there starting. Yeah, oh, they pull that out all the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's true. It is. It's true. It and, is. And you can't find any one of the 19 even close, even close to Brett Favre. Jim McMahon for one year. Woohoo! And he was a jerk. So you got one guy who played good for one year. Eric Kramer. 
a couple of decent years, but nothing like Brett Favre. Yeah, nothing like Brett Favre. And Jim Harbaugh had a couple of decent years yeah. in there. Jim Miller had a couple of decent years. Yeah. But, 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 but you're, but you're right. I mean, you can't compare any of them to Favre. You put all, you mm-hmm. wrap all their statistics together and they don't, mm-hmm. they don't compare to Brett Favre. Yeah, well, we got Cub Cardinal. Pretty good rivalry going on today. Jeff Supon going up against uh, Randy Wells. If either Mr. Supon or Mr. Wells are listening, by the way, I need them to pitch well today. We got a tournament game at 530 in the suburbs. 128 tip-off. So the odds of um, us having to leave early, pretty significant. But, Mr. Wells, if you're listening, Mr. Supan, if you're listening, I know Jeff Supan for the Cardinals, like 0-6. 6-something ERA. He's been a weak point in their starting staff. He turns around, forget it. The Cardinals are on their way because they got Adam Wainwright and Chris Carpenter, a couple of great pitchers, and uh, who is it, Jamie Garcia? Young pitcher pitching pretty well. But if either of the two starting pitchers are listening to our show right now, and uh, i got a feeling at least one of them are, uh, pitch well today. Pitch quickly. Don't take a lot of time between pitches. Keep the game moving. Heat index at 105. You can go into the dugout, into the clubhouse where it's nice and air conditioned. Keep the game moving. Let's have a nice one nothing game. A little two to one game. Get us out of there by 345. Thank you very much. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. All right. Hopefully Randy Wells heard that. Uh, 888-463-6748. I'll give you an underrated rivalry, I think, at the collegiate level that does not get a lot of national mention, and that's, uh, Illinois versus Missouri. Solid. Solid rivalry. Football? Basketball, I can't speak as much for the lesser sports, but certainly, in those two major sports, that is pretty good. That's pretty good. And it's especially good because they'll play it in a neutral site. And the University of Illinois, for those fans not aware, not that far. Not that far from uh, St. Louis area. Closer, in fact, to St. Louis, significantly so, than they are from Chicago. So you have that Missouri flavor creeping into Champaign. A lot of Chicago area people go to Missouri, too. But uh, Missouri Tiger basketball against the Fighting Illini? What do they call it? The Border War? That's one of the best regular season college basketball games of the year. And the football game's not bad either. They've been, the uh, last couple years, haven't checked the schedule for this year, but last couple years, that's been the uh, opening game. Opening game, and similar to what you said, Dave, about Bears-Packers, unfortunately for our fighting Illini, it's been no low contest over the last couple of years. Illinois laid an egg. I have to check the schedule, see if they're doing that again. So if you want to throw that out, a little underrated rivalries, we could talk about that today, 888-463-6748. A little bit later in the show, we will give you an update as the Tour de France winds to a close, I believe Sunday is the final day. And again, we are the only sports talk show, internet, radio, and or otherwise, giving you stage-to-stage coverage of the Tour de France. Each and every stage right here, right up for you. And I believe stage 18 today, the uphills have begun. We'll talk about that a little as the top two favorites continue to dominate. Other baseball action yesterday, we should mention we talked Cup Cardinal. Let's talk about our White Sox. Two games up, two and a half games up uh, in first place, American League Central. There are two Bobby Jenks blow-ups of late from actually having a fairly cushioned lead, four, four and a half games. Now, we're starting to get used to that thought here in Chicago. The White Sox in first place, starting to get used to it. But let us not forget, two months ago, Ozzygian, you know, is he going to make the end of the season? Kenny Williams and Ozzy were having a little bit of uh, conflict, as they are wont to do, one, two, maybe seven or eight times a season. So a couple of months ago, it was, you know, is Ozzy going to make it through the year? This White Sox team is going nowhere. Do you think he'll blow up purposely and get fired by Kenny Williams? That was the talk. 
This White Sox team is, uh, you know, boring. Not going anywhere. They got rid of their big sluggers. They thought they could play small ball. It wasn't working, et cetera, et cetera. And all of a sudden, almost on the turn of a dime. I mean, it was it was that automatic. It was that immediate. Well, White Sox started playing the kind of baseball that they thought they could play when they put that team together. And everybody knows now they went on that 25-5 and streak right before the All-Star break. They haven't played great, but pretty good. Since the All-Star break, and even again, uh, a couple of blown saves of late, tough losses, still two-game lead in the American League Central. So uh, who would have thunk it? But there they are, the Chicago White Sox, playing late, late at night. They're taking on the Oakland A's, the West Coast trip. Kill them. I can't stay awake for these games. Back in the early days, yes. Even being the true, dedicated professional that I am, laugh track, please, can't stay awake for the West Coast games. Yeah, Oakland A's, 9.05 tonight. I'll be lucky to make it past inning number five. One game. I think the 0-0 zero to zero game I tuned in, actually taped it and watched it in the morning. But I can't do that on a regular basis. i got to get my beauty rest. And believe me, if you've seen me, I need a lot of rest. Yeah. So, you know, eh, West Coast games, you catch uh, the highlights, find out what's going on, and then when they come back home after a long West Coast trip, it ends with the Oakland A's this weekend. I believe on the mound tonight we got uh, Mark Burley taking on Trevor Cahill. 9.05 tip-off. Let's hope the White Sox are still in first place. Maybe take a two out of three. Pretty good Oakland A's club. Should be a good series. Kind of in the depth of the baseball season right now, the dog days. Kind of where you're going to position yourself. The next one, the next month, I should say. The heat of the summer. The dog days of the baseball season. One month of hard baseball. And then all of a sudden, when um, end of August hits, all of a sudden you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right now you're in the darkness of the tunnel. Hard to see your way through it. You've been in that tunnel for a long time. You started at the light in spring training. It got a little bit darker, a little bit darker. You're still kind of playing. You got the early season buzz going on. You got the all-star game going on. You're in the depth of the tunnel right now. I'm full of analogies today. You can't see. Pure darkness for the next three weeks. But one could argue what happens in that darkness. What happens in that darkness when you do see the light at the end of the tunnel? This is brilliant, by the way. I should have been a writer. Lost my calling. If I had better punctuation, I definitely could have been a writer. Um, when you finally see the light at the end of the tunnel, what you've done during the three week of darkness will determine on how fast and how speedy and how successfully you can get through the light at the end of the tunnel. So, not being too much of a poet here, but in the darkness comes the fruition of your future lightness. Wow! Woo! unbelievable we taping today's show dude this might be this this might go down as one of the great sports talk shows of all time bringing up sports rivalries throwing a little poetry in a little philosophy this is unbelievable yeah you can always help 888-463-6748 depths of the baseball season right now another couple of weeks and we'll be out of it we'll see who is in position can the white Sox continue to play good cubs still holding out that little bit of hope probably got to pull off a sweep if they want any chance at all the problem is when you have that mentality we have to sweep the only way we're going to be successful if we win all three games i found more often than not as we get ready to take a break here david uh more often than not when you put that pressure on yourself going into a serve we have to sweep we can't afford to lose again recipe for disaster
So let's hope the Cubs don't have that philosophy. Just go out and play. Go out and play and compete. Try to win a series, win another series, but don't put pressure that you have to win every single game. Because that's a, I remember the White Sox had that a couple of years ago and they sunk further and further and further. Oh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to uh, kind of uh, monkey back on, piggyback, if you will, on the underrated theme. I'm going to bring up with you, David Olson, some things in life away from the sporting world. Some are a little bit sports related. A list that I have kept, I did this on the radio show, of things that I think, people that I think are underrated and underappreciated. And we piggyback that on the fact that we think the Cub Cardinal series uh, rivalry rather is a little bit underrated. We'll take a quick break. Talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic today. It's one guy at a mic. You can be guy number two. Dial it up. 888-463-6748. Phone lines are open. We'll take a quick break. Back in a minute. Don't you go anywhere. are open for your calls on Mike. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cohn. And welcome back to guys in a mic show. And again, today it's one guy in one mic, the coach flying solo, David Olson, our fine producer. By the way, David went to Arlington Park racetrack yesterday. I'm trying to Get all my summer activities in. Um, I got my summer things to do list. I got to check them off, check them off. Visit the racetrack was one of them. Took uh, my son, a couple of his friends, four of us, betting each and every race. Two bucks a race. They didn't make any money off us. Two bucks a race. And we usually bet to place. So if the course finishes in first or second. We got there a couple races late. So we were there for seven races. Arguably one of the most pitiful display of picking horse Horses that the racetrack, uh, certainly the Arlington racetrack, has ever seen. I mean, you got four people. We each picked different horses. Seven races. And not just to win, but to win or to place. Loser, loser, loser. I think one time I had three last place finishes in a row. Wonderful place, by the way, Arlington Park. Beautifully kept up. Brand new, sparkling clean. When I say brand new, it looks like it's brand new. Horse racing, I think one of the more underrated sports. It's dying though. Very small crop. 
Very, very concerned about one of my more underrated favorite sports, horse racing. I got a feeling that uh, we're going to see more and more racetracks close up. Good time. Fun time. Great place to take the kids. Underrated place. A lot of parents don't want to bring the kids to the racetrack, the gambling and the seedy atmosphere. Nah. Two bucks a race. Can't lose that much money. Kids get in free. Food is good. It's not cheap, but the food is decent. Always place to sit. The the kids can go right up next to the railing, watch the horses. Great place. But a pitiful, pitiful display of picking yesterday. If it wasn't for, I think, the last horse's name that I bet. Finally, I went to bet to win. Five bucks. Woo! Went from the $2 bet to the $5 bet. Wow. Arlington Park, again, not making a whole lot of money on us. Uh, $5 bet, I think, on Halo and Goodbye. That was the horse. That might be wrong, but I think that was the horse. Finally. Horse number nine in the last race comes up with a winner. Thank you very much. $5 bet, 23 payoff, made 18, made up for some of the losses. Very nice. Thank very you very nice. much. Yeah. Halo and goodbye. I, yeah, it's, uh, it, I've done that before where you always bet like the number nine for every single race. But another tradition of mine was uh, I'd always bet the longest shot last race of the day. Yeah. Throw five bucks on there. Hey, hey you you hit that? I mean, I I I had like you know one hundred and fifty two dollar or two hundred dollar paydays doing mm-hmm. that. Now, when you do that, are you trying to make up for earlier losses and try? No, to, okay. no, it's like the last race of the day. Okay. Just, you know, because some people Joel has a name for that. Matter of fact, he calls the NFL All Star Game at the end of the year. Double up day. There's a certain name for it. Any of our gamblers out there? Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Make up day. But you're trying to make up for all your losses in a one shot. And of course, yep, yep. that might work, but half the time you've taken your losses and doubled them up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, yeah no, no, it's just a $5 bet long, you know, long, mm-hmm. you know, on a 20 to one. And yeah, so, you that. know, every, every, every now and again. You've been out there all day, win or lose, you might as well on, on the final shot. Exactly. Okay. I exactly. like that philosophy. I like that philosophy. Uh, now I mentioned I want to do underrated, underappreciated people. One on my list and I, I keep an ongoing list. This has built up over the last 10, 11 years. But one of the people who was at the racetrack, I would argue that underrated, underappreciated professions, the guys who have to lead the horses into the stalls, dangerous job. Those horses are powerful. And they tend to leg kick. You know the guys are pushing them in, pushing them in. No respect. Nobody knows what their names are, but they're taking their life into their own hands on a regular basis. Maybe not the best example, but I'd, I'd put them in the in the team picture. Underrated, underappreciated. All right, who are some other people we got on the list? How about the uh, the grade school music teacher? Not junior high. Not high school. I've experienced this firsthand, I guarantee you. These people, you don't pay them enough money. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, when the kids are just starting out, playing the instruments, and this music teacher has to work with them one-on-one in small groups and pull them together for a concert. And 90% of them, their music career will probably end in a year or two. And the sound is brutal, and they have to, the sound is brutal, and they have to put on a smiley face for the parents at the music concerts. David, you will discover this in the not too distant. But trust me on this one. The music teacher, the grade school music teacher, underrated, underappreciated, tough job. Tough, tough job. Can't pay that person enough. By the way, as we go along here and I throw out some of these, if you want to add to the list, I'm always looking for new nominees. Underrated, underappreciated people in the world of sports and or otherwise. We'll go outside the sports venue here uh, early and often, too. Let's see who else we got. How about the um, the speechwriter? The political speechwriter. You hear some of these politicians make some 
unbelievably good speeches. I mean, you really do. It could be on the other side. It could be a Newt Gingrich. Obviously, Barack Obama is a shining example. Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton, you hear a senator. You hear some of these wonderful, wonderful speeches. And certainly the guys who actually do the speech, there's some talent there. But what about the guys who develop the speech? The wording. Tremendous. Never any credit. Does anybody ever know the name of a speechwriter? I would argue these speechwriters for politicians. Underrated. Underappreciated. Put them on the list. What else we got? How about the rabbit in dog racing? The mechanical rabbit? Not an easy job. <laughs> the mechanical rabbit. I mean, come on. How it race after race after race getting chased by the greyhounds. And how dumb are those greyhounds, by the way, not to figure out that it is a mechanical rabbit. I think Joel told me a story once. Was it Joel? Or no, Brian. Occasional co-host Brian Bauer, double B. Told me a story once he was at uh, one of the greyhound races where well, finally one of the dogs got smart, jumped over the barrier and beat the rabbit to the finish line and got a hold of him. And then finally figured out it's a mechanical rabbit, not a real rabbit. Instead of chasing the damn thing, he jumped over the barriers and cut cut through the infield, if you will, and met the mechanical rabbit at the gate or the finish line. But you got to give the mechanical rabbit his dues. Day after day after day, race after race after race, getting chased. Put him on the underrated list. What the heck? Can we put the driver's ed instructor out there? I don't know if I appreciated when I was 16 years old taking driver's ed. I kind of just, you know, you know, they're, they're, foot, they're football coaches and they're just doing driver's ed. That's changed a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. But now that I'm a parent of a 16-year-old, and another one that's soon to be taken drivers at, and I've seen some of their friends, and I've seen the way they drive. Not an easy job. 16 years old, not quite as old as it used to be. So I put the driver's ed instructor. These guys that do it for 10, 15, 20, some of them are like 30-year veterans of driver's ed, putting their life into their own hands on a regular basis with 16-year-old drivers. Got to throw a little kudos out there, way. Put the driver's ed instructor out there. Again, you want to add to the list. 888-463-6748. We started with the talking about the Cubs and the Cardinals. And a, to call it underrated, a little bit of a leap of faith, a little bit of a quantum leap. But nationally, I don't think it gets its due respect. I think it's a great rivalry. Cubs-Cardinals today, 120 the tip-off. Jeff Supan going up against uh, Randy Wells for the Cubs, and we got a little Cub-Cardinal action right now. The Cardinals are, what, about 12 games ahead of the Cubs, so it's not quite the importance. It won't quite have the intensity, but it's still great baseball rivalry. So we're piggybacking on that and going with uh, some underrated, underappreciated people in the world of sports and off the uh, sporting world as well. Let's see who we got out here. How about I'm going to put, this is a weird one, a little bit of a weird one. The inventors slash the makers of Cash Station. Now, I've never heard anybody or experienced myself, and I'm a uh, frequent visitor to the Cash Station, whoever has gotten the wrong amount of money. Whoever has been shortchanged probably happened. But as much as people use those Cash Stations, I don't know what the technology is in there. We take it for granted, but pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. That time after time after time, it spits out the exact correct amount of money. 
Because we know in this modern day of technology how things can have breakdowns. Everything from your car, which has the greatest technicians in the world theoretically working on it, to your TVs and computers, which again have some of the greatest technicians. Things break down. Things don't work properly. The cash station. And if anyone's experienced a lack of funds or maybe you got too many, I'd love to hear from you. 888-463-6748 from my experience. And for people I've talked to, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say an incorrect amount. So underrated, underappreciated, the guys who put the cash station machines together. Bear with me here. It's a slow sports day. What can I tell you? Um, Going back to the cash station, got to point out, I don't know if you bank through Chase, where they've got the envelope-less deposits now. Ah, see, I don't do deposits. I don't. Uh. I don't do the cash what, station deposit. What you can do now Uh-oh. is you can just take a big stack of checks. You don't have to fill out the envelopes or just anything. Just throw them in there. Put them in there. It scans them, reads them, and See, that's I, it. I haven't trusted the cash machines that much yet, even with my big soliloquy here. Yeah. I've never – I can't get myself to deposit a check into those things. But it works. Uh, it works amazingly well. Uh, so much so, the check recognizing technology they developed, yeah. they've got a new uh, app for smartphones like the Droid mm-hmm. and uh, the iPhone where you don't even need to deposit the check. You can take a picture of it. Unbelievable. And send it to them that way. So you sign the check. Are yep. you a Chase Bank member? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so you, you endorse the check. You take a photograph of both sides of the check. And they electronically process it. It's yeah, it's it's you know, it's called a virtual ATM. Mm-hmm. It's, unbelievable. it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable. By the way, can I add the person who cleans up the studios here at thetalkzone.com? I don't have them officially on the list. Underrated, underappreciated. I've worked at various radio stations over my career. David, this is the cleanest. Is that you, by the way? Are you in charge? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, you're welcome. Really? Yeah, it's me. Yeah. Hold on, I got to write David. O-L, is it S-E-N or S-O-N? Who cares? We don't want any of our female stalkers looking you up. You're a happily married man. All right, so David has made the list. Very nice. Uh, now, this is an easy one. People have talked about this before. The photographer in the war zones. Got to put that guy on the list. Or that girl. Underrated, underappreciated. Amazing pictures. Even going back to when the technology was not so great. You go back into the 50s and 60s. The Korean War, Vietnam War. And you see some incredible footage. Well, somebody's out there with a camera. What the hell are they doing? I'm assuming that person with the camera has no protection, doesn't have a gun on him. And again, uh, the Zoom technology was not that great back in the 50s or 60s. And even now with the Zoom technology, I think the people are still somewhat near the battlefield. So you got to put that guy in there, the photographer in the war zone. And along with that, another uh, and very common very commonly thought, I don't think I'm breaking any ground here, underrated, underappreciated, is the uh, news reporter in a hurricane or a tornado. You know, the guy standing out there by himself with the raincoat, the wind blowing. Hey, Jim, it's about uh, 85 miles an hour wind. We're expecting it to get up to 120. The police have said everybody should evacuate. And uh, here I am reporting live five feet away from the harbor here down in uh, beautiful uh, Coral Beach, Florida. Got to put those guys on the list. Where would you rank them? The war zone photographer, probably a little bit ahead of the reporter in the tornado or hurricane. Probably typically it's a young reporter trying to make a name for himself. Who's the guy on CNN who basically, Anderson Cooper. 
Anderson Cooper. Yeah, he made, made his career in the uh, was at the tsunami. Yes, that's where people yep. discovered Anderson Cooper. Did a hell of a job. Yeah, I, I'd put the war zone photographers ahead yes. of the storm reporters because the storm only lasts so long. Yes, you're in a firefight virtually every yep. single day. Yep. So both of them deserve respect, but you're right. The war zone photographer deserves a little bit of credit. All right, a couple of more here, real quick, before we move on. What else we got here? I don't know, David. I'm gonna let you uh, see if this one's on the list. Maybe so. How about the camera guy, the guy who takes the pictures? At the driver's license facility. A hapless job. Because nobody likes their driver's license picture. The guy has to put on a smiley face. Actually, they don't. But day in, day out, eight hours a day, having people go up, you know, against the wall, adjusting the picture, smile. That has to be a tough job after a while. Not anymore. You obviously haven't been to the DMV recently. Uh Uh-oh. Well, it's all it's all digital. No, it's all it, number one. It's all digital now. A so human that, has been replaced. No, well, no, no. You still got a human doing it, but um, basically they store your picture first of all. So you don't, every time you renew it, you don't need to get your picture taken because mm-hmm. they've got it on file. You can get it taken if you want, uh, but you don't have to. And now that it's all digital, it can be adjusted and moved and everything like that. It's it's a person sitting in front of a computer screen now instead of standing there going click. So, okay. All right. Hold on. I'm maybe maybe appreciate the people mm-hmm. ten years ago, but now. Eh. All right. All right. Eh. I'm s- scratching them out of my list. Yep. Scratch them up. They're off the list. list. Off the list. Down goes the. Uh, let's see who else we got on the list. How about the interpreter? How about the guy that stands off to the side or the girl while a speech is being made? It could be at a business convention. Could be at a motivational speech. Could be at a foreign affairs, a United Nations. Big political speech by one of our, uh, you know, president, vice presidents. And very off quietly on the corner of the stage, the interpreter is going through their motions. Underrated. Underappreciated. Nobody knows the name of the interpreter. And, and here's the part. And I, I don't know. Maybe they see the speech beforehand. But they have to take what they're hearing. And immediately do the hand signal. I know they're experts with the hand signals. And... You know, with the, the, the hand signals and with signaling to the deaf and stuff, they're experts at it. But still, sometimes you can't even hear what the guy is saying. They have to hear it and then automatically put it in the hand signals and do it fairly quickly and fairly effectively. So I'll put the interpreter out there. Nobody pays attention to that guy or that girl, but I would imagine for those that uh, do not hear and who depend on the interpreter, that person probably does a heck of a job without getting much publicity. Let's see if we can throw one more out here. Got the baseball tarp pullers out there, the towel boy under the bay. How about the referee in football who basically plays like the middle linebacker position? Not sure exactly what you call that spot, but you know what I'm talking about. And I don't know why, but it seems like they put the oldest, slowest guy in that spot. Right? It's always like the 73-year-old guy who probably has you know Dick Cheney-type heart problems. And they put him in the most dangerous position. Now, you don't have to do a lot of running. You know what I'm talking about, right? Behind the defensive tackle, sort of almost adjacent to the middle linebacker. They got their head down, they're hunched over because they have to watch the play. Now, they don't make the most calls. The guys in the defensive secondary, the head linesman watching the quarterback play, and then you got the linesman watching the line play. Those are the guys that make most of the penalty calls. 
But that guy in the middle, the referee in the middle, he's taken his life into his own hands each and every play. And we've all seen highlights where that guy just gets clobbered. He is known as the umpire, by the way. The umpire. Thank the you umpire, very much. Yes. Thank you very much. I'm going to put that guy in there. We've seen some vicious hits and some vicious men. You got to be. Uh, you may have to make a lot of penalty call, but each and every play you got to be on the ball because because boom, one time you forget to, and you got to have some instincts too. You got to read. I would imagine they do some scouting, particularly that rough, because you got to read certain plays and running plays, which way they go, and you got to have good lateral movement. Put the umpire, the middle linebacker ref, if you will, on the underrated, underappreciated list. All right, we're going to take a quick, quick break. There's our list. There's a lot more to them. You want to add to them, you can uh, send us it via email at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com. We'll take a quick break. Back with some sports talk. Phone lines are open, folks. Dial it up. Talk a little sports with the coach here. 888-463-6748. Baseball, Tour de France, and football opening up their camps. In just a few days on the docket when we come back. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john Cohn. back on the talkzone.com two guys and a mic show david olson you're a big youtube and uh video feed guy getting it's more and more getting into our genre into our general mind thought processes but uh there was a real injustice done recently i'll let you talk about it real quick to a young lady in the um what department was she in? Um, USD- uh, USDA, U.S. Dairy Association. Yeah, thank you very much. And maybe, maybe coming out of this is going to be something good because maybe this was the straw that broke the uh, video back, if you will, and people are going to be a little bit more aware when they see something on a video. And, oh, my God, how can that person say it? Realizing that these videos we're watching, the YouTubes, can so easily be doctored. What was the young lady's name? Uh, Sharon Sherrod. Sherrod. Sherrod was her last name. I don't remember what her first name was. I think it was SS. But basically, she was a good soldier, hardworking employee, the United States Dairy Association, and some Yahoo who... Shirley Sherrod. Shirley Sherrod. Shirley Sherrod. Say that seven times. Shirley, you just. But uh, now, who's the... The creep from Fox Sports who put the thing together. No, no, no. Was Fox a- Sports a- a- from Fox. Uh, Andrew Breitbart is his name, and he runs a website called BigGovernment.org. Breitbart? Breitbart. There's Andrew a good, Breitbart. There's a good last name. name for you. He's the guy that brought out the uh, Acorn videos last year. Okay. You remember when they're, you know, the, uh, the supposed uh, 
pimp and prostitute went into the acorn offices around the country asking, mm-hmm. you know, how to how to uh, legally declare prostitutes and all that stuff. What is, he, he's the same guy. Disgusting. What what is acorn again? I forget. It it was the. Uh, it, uh, I forget what the acronym is, but it's basically it's a it's a group of community organizers mm-hmm. across the country that basically which, exist in uh, impoverished neighborhoods. Okay, which Barack Obama was. Well, he loosely associated okay. with them. liberal organization helping liber- out minorities. Yeah, helping out minorities. Yeah. get loan, get housing okay. loans, things tax that advice. sometimes the Republicans and Fox News in general are not. Let's just how do I gently put this? The most sympathetic to. Well, exactly, because one of the things that they did and one of the things they went after him for is that they were helping uh, minorities register to vote, and typically when minorities vote, they vote Democrat. Mm-hmm. And so right. uh, they so, were kind of in the crosshairs of the Republicans for a long time. And these videotapes that came out last year actually caused the organization to lose what little fund- federal funding it was receiving mm-hmm. and eventually close its doors. And did the videos prove to be doctored? Were the stories true? Uh, they, were, they were misrepresented. Yes, the uh, it, well, it, it was implied that uh, the young quote-unquote journalists that went in uh, videotaped these Acorn employees. They were dressed as a pimp and a prostitute at the time. Mm-hmm. They were not. They were just dressed in normal street clothes. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, the videos were edited. Um, so when you watch them in their raw form, mm-hmm. it they weren't as damning as they appeared to be in okay. the short clips. So the moral of that and the current story out there is we got to be real careful. And I think maybe this story, getting even more national publicity, maybe, is going to be the one that brings it to light. But be careful what you see. It could be a person, an athlete, a team, organization, business, politician. What you see in a YouTube or a video, particularly on the Internet, because it's so easily, so easily with today's technology, doctored, for lack of a better term. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't. Uh, the, the videotape wasn't uh, wasn't doctored or edited. It was uh, selectively clipped. Yeah. The stuff that was before it and selectively uh, uh, clipped. Well, yeah, yeah, the, but it changes the meaning. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's I would call that doctored. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well, I guess you're right. Doctored means they actually changed. So they they, they took, actually changed it. it they yeah. only took a small snippet out of it. Yeah. But what was what came before it and what came after it mm-hmm. completely changed the context completely changed the context because what it what what the little clip showed was you know oh this woman's apparently a racist because she said she didn't help a white farmer because he was white Mm -hmm. but what the whole thing showed was she was telling a story about how that's how she felt Mm -hmm. but she decided not to you know she decided to do what was right and not follow her gut and it turned out to be the right decision yeah and Uh, adding salt to the wound and making it worse is the democrats from Barack Obama down to uh, the guy who was the head of that organization, Tom Vilcone or whatever. They completely overreacted. So, they, well, yeah, they jumped. They jumped. Yeah, which is and ridiculous. I mean, yeah, they jumped. And, as soon as you know, saw the video, you know, they yep. got whoever, Rahm Emanuel calling, this person calling. Yep. you got to quiet her up. Yep. Well, get you know, stop that. Get her, yeah. Stop that. I think the public is smart enough to realize that uh, things now can not look as they seem. So at least do a little investigation. They came out looking worse than the people who um, clipped it together. I know, and and that just, oh, that angers me so much. It really does. Mm.
Jump it, it off. Is, yeah, because, I mean, Breitbart is such a snake. He really is. Breitbart. Is that his real name, or did Andrew he come up Breitbart, with that name yeah. just to aggravate the rest of us? I don't know. I don't know. Can't be his real name. Breitbart. And he's not a Fox TV guy. He's a Fox blogger. He's a, he's a contributor. Oh, lo- He's lovely. a contributor. He's, yeah. a, he's a disciple of Matt Drudge. Who's Matt Drudge? The Of the Drudge Report. Not familiar with the Drudge Report. You're not one of the most popular sites on the internet, and you're not familiar really? with it. I am not the Drudge Report. Yeah. What is it? A uh, conservative? Uh, I wouldn't go so far as to call it conservative. It's definitely right leaning. It's okay. uh, basically a news aggregator site. Okay. I'm going to lean to the right when I talk about yeah, it. Yeah. So you go to the Drudge Report, and it's got links to all these stories across the web. Uh, okay. The Drudge Report is the website that uh, broke the Lewinsky scandal. That's ah. how it made the name of itself. Ah. Who could forget? Yeah. The Lewinsky scandal. Now I'm going to lean to the left and mention uh, anybody in the Chicago area wants to listen to 820 Air America, the liberal radio station for the other side of the coin. Both the quote-unquote liberal Internet sources, the bloggers, the TV shows. Now I lean back to the right and talk about the Drudge Report and O'Reilly and back and some of the Both of them. See if you agree with me here, Dick. So I head to the center, trying to work my way back. Both of them would be a lot more legitimate, and to me, and I even fairly strongly vent to the liberal side, but even the Air America liberal radio and everyone from uh, Rachel Meadow down to Eddie Schultz and the rest of them, if they would at least be a little more objective. They are so far on one side. They never defend or even present the other side. Uh, I think unfortunately, it, I, 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 I agree with you 100%, but objectivity doesn't sell. Sorry. I, I mean that's and that's that's why Fox News ratings are so high and why mm-hmm. things like uh, like people like Rush Limbaugh are so successful mm-hmm. because they are appealing to a certain segment of the population that adhere to certain views mm-hmm. and they're told over and over again these are the only people they can trust everybody else. They're in the tank for the Democrats, and everything's got a liberal bias. You listen to us, you get the truth. And there are people that swear by that, and that's, I mean, and that's, and that's what they want to hear. That's what they want to hear. You get brainwashed. Basically, if you listen to only one thing, it's pretty much what's happening. You're only you're only getting you know one side of the story because I agree mm-hmm. with you because you know if you hear too many things on the right or the left, yep. you know the truth often lies more times than not right in the middle yeah and you try to present that standpoint sometimes and people will look at you like you're completely ridiculous but what you're saying is you think their ratings would go down if they simply not to make a big deal of it but just occasionally would present the thinking of the other side or sometimes when their side is wrong and present just a little more objective you don't think uh quasi-intelligent people like myself would tune in more you think they'd lose a lot of listeners just by presenting well, a little I mean, bit I mean that's that's kind of what Fox kind of built itself on was that oh we're fair and balanced but <laughs> their idea of balanced is <laughs> you've got you've got a panel discussion consisting of the host who's conservative two conservatives and yeah. then a weak spined liberal yep. that that more often than not will agree with the host well and even if they disagree they will never be able to make a statement without yeah. getting interrupted exactly exactly you know on the other side MSNBC does the same thing, and you know who's more guilty of that than anybody else on the left is Keith. Bill Maher. Who? Bill Maher. Do you ever watch Real Time with Bill Maher? I, oh, I, Bill Maher. I love Bill Maher. I had to quit watching Big it because it, it was always it was always three liberals teaming up on the conservatives. Well, yes, but the Bill Maher show done with a sense of humor. 
I don't I don't even think he hides it. And by the way, very intelligent guy. Very, very intelligent guy. You're right, completely one-sided. And they'll gang up, but I think the difference is they laugh about it a little bit. There's a little sense of humor. No? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, that's one of my favorite shows. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy that show. But typically, you're right. You got the host, two other liberals, and then one conservative. Not always weak spined, but well, it, it doesn't matter if there's, you know, if they're, yeah. you know, not spineless. Three on one, it's hard yeah. to win that argument. And then plus, you got a studio audience that is all against the guy too. Exactly. So even exactly. he makes a good point, he gets booed out of there. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, and that's why that's why like the big name conservatives stop yeah. going on there. Yeah, because why you know why uh, yeah. why go there? You I'll know, have to go check out the Drudge Report. Not familiar with that. Uh, we got to wind up today's show, but uh, we jumped off the sports page there a little bit. Big weekend of baseball. Thoroughly enjoy it, everybody. Uh, hope you have a good weekend. Spend time with the family. Be healthy out there. We will be back uh, at ten o'clock on Monday. What do we like to say here at the Two Guys at a Mike Show? We'll be back at ten to do it all over. Again, have a great weekend. David Olson, thanks for helping me. Big Dog, if you're out there, great job this week. Coach and the Dog will be back with you at 10 o'clock on Monday. Have a great one, everybody. Thanks so much for listening.